from the vault, high atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Talking Catholic. This is Mary McCusker, Talking Catholic co-host, and I am joined today with Mike Walsh. Hi Mary, Uh, how are you? I'm all right, Mike. I just was outside. It's 102 degrees out there, and I'm going to level with you. I'm feeling real sluggish today. The heat has gone to my head. (laughs) I absolutely feel your pain. I was at one of our Catholic schools yesterday. We were shooting a uh, a video about, uh, you know, the reopening of the school year this year. And I had forgotten just how hot schools are in the summertime. It was noon. Uh, fortunately, we did most of the recording in one of the air-conditioned parts oh, of the of the school, which made life a lot easier. But then we had to do some walk and talks in the hallways, and then we walked outside. I was soaked in sweat within <laughs> a few minutes, and we, we did it for about 45 minutes. I was like, I cannot wait to get back into the air conditioning. Oh, boy, it is stifling. It really is. This is my least favorite time of year. I think it's coming to an end, though. This was like a pretty strong heat wave. Yeah. We had the power outages, the storms. The storms are the only good thing about heat like this. But yeah. hopefully by the time our listeners hear this next week, it's not going to be a stifling 102 and oh, humidity. <laughs> man, I tell you, that is rough. But uh, and you know, uh, you know, you've had a couple a tough couple of days. Your your little puppy is. Oh, don't uh, make has me talk Ill. about that on no, here. I, feel bad. I have had a sick pup at home. Yeah. Um, that's my Ollie. I've had him for two years now, and this was the first time he was really like sick, sick. You yeah. know, beyond the normal puppy sick. So. Um, that has not helped because I've been awake all night with him and, um, I told you this earlier, but it's just one of those reminders. How can I ever have kids? This is my dog, and I'm awake all night and crying and Said wishing like he a, could tell me what's wrong. Sound and like a typical millennial. Just yeah. Uh, I can't have kids. Dogs are too tough. No, like, no. no I, it's a labor of love, but... Um, the good thing is we're actually joined by millennials on this podcast today, Mike. So well, that, you, that makes you the oldest. I am by far the <laughs> And oldest. you're outnumbered here. I am. I am. But don't worry. I'm a Gen Xer. I can defeat you all. Oh, the, um, the, yeah. I know. I, I do. And I've been spending a lot of time around uh, young millennials lately. So, I'm, you know, I'm baking bread and all sorts of weird stuff that millennials <laughs> do during a... Uh, during a just have to talk about your dog some more because, you know, that I whole... I love my dog. I can talk about my dog. My dog, my dog Molly. I got a great dog. She's yellow lab. She's wonderful. She's a little nutty. Not quite as nutty as Ollie, but she's, uh, she's a little nutty. But she's a little older. So she started, she's getting into that lazy lab status ah, my, my yeah. favorite level of, of nice Labrador. calm energy exactly <laughs> although she was tearing around the house last night which was funny oh. um, but yes yeah, so this this is usually typically in the past been one of my favorite episodes to do all about young church mm-hmm. um however i'm not so sure this time I, uh, one of the guests is great and then the other one is uh jose rodriguez <laughs> so i'm not sure what to expect out of it but for anyone who anyone Don't who you say that about jose one of my favorite people ever jose. Mary. <laughs> so jose what is your official title now so officially, um, from what I understand, I am the director of youth, young adult, and campus <laughs> ministry for um, the beautiful Diocese of Camden. Yeah, 
And uh, you have been sort of taking on more and more responsibilities since your predecessor left last year. Yes. And uh, I think uh, they, they finally bestowed the director's title on you, mm -hmm. uh, which has been great. And actually, I feel bad because you used to be one of my office mates, and now you've moved to the building across the street, so I don't see you any longer. Mm. But it has been nice because now I have less people bothering me in my office, so that's always good. You <laughs> was always the most welcome distraction, though. You know, that if Jose true. popped in, you I knew you were going to start laughing or, you yeah. know. I know. That was like the nicest way of calling me a nuisance. You're the most <laughs> Like the nicest distraction. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, with us in addition is someone I only met actually this weekend when I was doing another video shoot with Jose, um, Christina Velasquez. Did I say that right? Yeah, it's Thank Christina you, Velasquez. Okay. We, Jose and I had this great debate, mostly just me messing with him, because uh, he <laughs> said your name once before you came on, and then I said it a different way, and then the debate was which way was the actual correct way. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say that Jose was correct. Oh. Jose pronounced it properly. Uh, so, Christina, how long have you been part of sort of like the young, young church movement in South Jersey? Um, I've grown up in the church. I went to uh, St. Francis of Assisi in Violent um, from kindergarten, first and second grade. So we, my family just grown up in the church. I went to school in the church and every Sunday participating. My dad's an usher. My mom's a lector. I was an altar server. So very involved. And you were, and now you are in college, right? Yes. And you just finished your nursing's degree. Yes. Uh, okay. Ooh, congratulations. congratulations! Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Perfect timing too. We, I think there's a lot of work for you to do out in uh, uh, society yeah, right, right now. Plenty of work <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, as someone who's in your early twenties, right? Yes. Okay. So you've you've run the gamut as a young person of faith. Right. Um, I guess really the the question I have for I guess for both of you, and maybe maybe I'll start with Jose. Mm -hmm. You know, can you define young church? <laughs> I know it's kind of an open question, but yeah. so, you know, we hear about it all the time. But but really, what is young church? Um, that's funny. You want the USCCB answer, or do you <laughs> want your dictionary, Jose's please? Well, <laughs> this, is, this is a podcast. that is a really open question, Mike, right. and one that we hear a lot. So I'm curious so, to see. So I think. If we're not so, besides what the USCCB says, I think young church encompasses those people um, that are young in age, but also young in spirit. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Mike, on a rare occasion, you would be considered young church. <laughs> oh, whoa, that's, that's pushing it just a little bit. I'm old in face, but young, young in spirit. spirit. <laughs> no, I think I think young church is more of a of a what do we call them now? A vibe. A vibe. Mm, it's, it's a vibe. I like that word. Okay. Young church is more of a vibe, whereas it doesn't. It really just encompasses the young people that are that are movers and doers, and um, that really are not only hungry to learn about their faith, but are hungry to live it. Mm -hmm. So they just push themselves to the limits of learning and being like sponges, but at the same time not only being a student, but teaching others and wanting to be part of what church has to offer. So if, I mean, if I had to define young church, that was a good one, because I never really thought of trying to define it, but that's, yeah. I think that's the best. You know, I think that, I think you're probably right. I think that is really the best representation for young church, because, you know, we've, we've had a lot of things in this, in this diocese, but in other dioceses as well, they're kind of geared towards young people that I actually always found to be the most interesting parts of our faith. Like, 
this is a nationwide program, and we used to have it in the diocese. We haven't been doing it as much lately, but there was this thing called Theology on Tap, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that, young yeah. people would go to bars, and you would have, like, spiritual conversations. And it, I always found them, even, I guess I went to my first one in my mid-30s, but then when I came here as the director of communications, I would go to report on it and stuff like that. Um, but that was where I kind of felt most comfortable and most mm-hmm. welcomed was in a very relaxed Setting, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. That, that you know, in my own young days, it was my group of other fellow young Catholics, that youngish Catholics, that really kept me involved in my faith when there was the greatest likelihood that I might shift right. away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would absolutely agree with it. Though I am curious, what is the USCCB definition? Yeah, but <laughs> well, I don't like the, like so for young adults. I guess they really because youth ministry is youth ministry. Um, but then it's like young adult ministries, 18 to 35. Mm. So 18 out of school. Yeah. Um, 18 still in high school, you're still considered like youth men. But 18 out of high school to the age of 35 is young adult ministry. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, just Old ministry. people ministry? Yeah, basically. Caesar's <laughs> people citizens. like you, Mike. <laughs> the oldest guy at the bar at Theology on Tap. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely the creepy guy. The, um, but you were right about that. I've went to a couple myself, and I have to admit, I'm sorry, Jose, I was kind of worried. You know, I, mm-hmm. I hadn't met a lot of the people in the young adult ministry, and I was just thinking, you know, what, what do I really have to offer? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. I went, it was at Tiernanog, which is okay. across the street from where I grew up. Um, and it was just like a lively conversation. Mm-hmm. The people I met, like whatever anxiety I had beforehand just went away. People were just so engaging and down to earth yeah. and just, you know, put my mind at ease. And, you know, it's a good I, time. Yeah, I think that's the thought process for all the young adults that come to Theology on Tap before actually getting there is like, all right, this is weird. We're going to do, like, church <laughs> right. at a bar. I said, am I going to have to say like, a prayer? Like, so what do I have to like, do to prep myself? Do I, can I actually have a beer, or is this a tease? <laughs> like, can we do shots? Yeah, What's the deal? So like, like, how far is this going? Like, and I think, like, I think, I remember the first time that, you know, um, Greg asked me to accompany him to a theology on tap, and I was like, I don't know what, what are we doing? Like, I don't right. get it. Like, are you sure that this is like, is this actually a thing? Or are you pulling the leg of the new guy? Like, and I get like, we showed up and it was, it was fantastic to see. I think it was like maybe about 30, 30, 35 young adults all jammed into a room at a bar. Having this appetizers. is before COVID, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah. Way before. Um, you know, jammed into a bar room, having some beers and then just talking faith and what it meant to them. Um, and what it looked like from their eyes and how could it be better and stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. So uh, I think I think those common that are those feelings that the pre-theology on top feelings are a common thing. Yeah. But once you get there, it's 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 decent. Well, what about yeah. you, Christina, as the as the resident young person who actually is a, a participant in these things? You know, over the 20 some odd years, you've been an active member of Young Church. You know, what really has it been that you found entertaining and intriguing and spiritually uplifting about being a part of events like this? Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> um, 
I think every event I go to like brings something different, I'd say. And I really feel like it's the people I encounter the most because you encounter people my age. I We work with young churches somewhere in the city, but I'm also surrounded by older people at food pantries who go there every week or we go to the nursing home and I'm with the nurses who have dedicated their lives to those people. So I really think it's the people I encounter at the different places I go to that makes me like see Christ in different ways. Yeah. So you mentioned some of those activities. Is that all part of this, for lack of a better word, program, you know, visiting the nursing homes? Um, you know, is that part of service projects that you guys do? Um, yeah, summer uh, for summer in the city specifically, we do a bunch of things. Like we do nursing homes, we do food pantries, we do uh, clothing drives, we do all of it. But for me personally, just the things I've gone to with my family and my community, um, I'd say range a lot because yeah. I've gone with, like I said, like little kids and I've also gone with adults. So the things we do differs. Yeah. You know, and maybe just to go back a little bit, maybe we should, we should talk about that program. Because the other reason you're on, in addition to talking about Young Church, is this year's Summer in the City program, yeah. which is which is a program that's been going on for years, but this is because of COVID. This is the first time it's going to be done virtually. So, Greg, you know, Greg. Wow. wow. That is, Not for nothing. Like, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the highlight of my week. That in itself is an honor. <laughs> And I am glad that that just happened. That's right. I referred to Jose by his predecessor's name. I don't know where that comes. Oh, you missed him. Oh, I hope he listens into this. If you're listening, that's how good a job Jose is doing so much. So so now. Look at him. He's getting emotional. They choose to follow. You two have been replaced by somebody younger. Anyway. uh, So, no, no. Greg's Greg's doing great now. He's out of the Diocese of Cleveland. Cleveland, He's he's working in ministry there, and we're very proud of him and happy for him. Mm -hmm. And he still keeps in touch with you from time to time. Often. Very often. We talk often yeah so in your new job jose (laughs) i mean so this this the uh summer in the city program um you know it goes back years but can you kind of define what it is so summer in the city is he's looking up the definition everybody yeah i have to write these things down cheat sheet in front of him yeah that's not fair so (laughs) we're supposed to be putting you on the spot (laughs) so i knew this was coming so i prepared um Service, community, social justice, and spirituality, and then it's it's based in the Gospel of Matthew twenty five forty. You know, what you do for the least of my brothers, you do for me. Um, it's one of Mary's favorite passages. Mm-hmm. It's her it's guiding, our guiding principles at Catholic so, Charities. Well, there you go. See how yeah. we're all just see that right there is just proof that we're all in the same mission, just different branches, right? And we Absolutely. all choose to get there differently. But it, yeah. it is it is the work that. Um, these and these young people do that's the most amazing thing though if i had to highlight one thing about summer in the city it is a fact that you get this number of young people in high school some that were in the program before and then aged out and come back as junior advisors like christina and then you have some adults that serve as counselors and it is just a week during their summer that they give completely of themselves yeah. in the most uncomfortable <laughs> Like, yeah. wait, like, so we just started using, last year I think it was the first time that we used the Kairos Retreat Center mm-hmm. down by Holy Spirit High School. But prior to that, we were staying at the school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody Did else... Did it have knew. air conditioning? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no air now conditioning. Now I see what you no, mean by uncomfortable. Yeah. No bedding, right? Yeah. So, like, we would use the classrooms. Um, so, so the accommodations, they're 
we humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was amazing to me to see so many young people just be willing. Yeah. Just willing to say, all right, well, I got my sleeping bag. Where should I park for the night? Like, yeah. All right, you're in classroom 210. Like, like <laughs> um, and just the whole situations, the, the food, like the way that we would do food is, you know, we'd, we'd cook and we'd have food, but you never hear anybody complaining about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to eat that. Like, I don't like that or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, it just becomes uh, from the first night, just this, a whole community of just young people ready and excited and on fire to do service for other people. And then at the end of the week, it's like, it's a sob story. There's tears and there's, I don't want to leave. Can we, you know, can we do something in the winter? Like, uh, no. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> do bond during stuff like that, yeah, though. You yeah. know, and being together yeah. for that long, you're in it together and, you know. So, like, I I think Summer in the City, it just helps keep the young, the young people themselves just grounded. Yeah. And, like, it's a real, like, reality check almost where it's like, you know, I, I am willing and happy and love doing for others who, who really need the help. Mm-hmm. Can I back up for just a second? So, Summer in the City, <clears throat> is this part of a national initiative? What Or what was kind of the genesis of this in our diocese? When did it start? Oh, Mary, that's not on my cheat sheet. Um, <laughs> yes, that's I, what yeah, I was you going know, for. You got me. I, I know that Summer in the City has been around for a while. So there was a time where it was Summer in the City in Cumberland County. Yeah. And okay. I participated. Mm-hmm. And it was it was out of the retreat house in Violin. And then, um, then we came out to Atlantic County. So when did it start? Couldn't it's, tell you. Yeah, it's been around for years, and it's it's had a couple different iterations. There was mm-hmm. a few years where it was actually done in two different cities. It was done in Atlantic City. It was done in Camden City. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of moved around a little bit. Um, okay. And they, I know in the last couple of years, they, they really focused on um, of just having it be one week and really kind of consolidating. And so, the, so what they really wanted to make sure that was that there was a real sense of community and having mm-hmm. everybody together rather than splitting it up. There was right. a theory at the time that splitting it up would, would actually have brought it to other areas. What they found was it was better to bring everybody together. Yeah, that that's time probably period. a good idea. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm curious. You know, Christina, in, in your time at, in um, as as a participant at Summer in the City, what were some of the things that really stood out to you that you really enjoyed doing? Maybe not projects, but interactions, things of that nature. Um, there's a lot actually. So, like Jose said, when you get there, it is very like you're nervous and you don't know what to expect, but you're excited. Like, you know you're going to serve for five days and not everyone gets excited about that, but everyone in that room is. And so um, that's really cool is just meeting all the people that go to different schools and they already have friends that are going. So meeting all the kids, but um, some of the exciting things what I would say is the service projects, obviously we go to meet the people we serve with the people and leaders in those communities. We meet people that from the churches in Atlantic City who always serve these people who know them by name and it's nice to meet them and know their stories as well. But other things that I get excited about is like Taco Tuesday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Taco Tuesday is a big that deal. Was part of it. <laughs> it's a very big deal. It's over in the city. Is Taco Tuesday? Um, 
<laughs> you know, I would make fun of that, except that. So I never got I never got to be a part of any youth activities like this when I was um, your age because they didn't exist. But when I went to college, I did Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. and it was we did a week in Western Kentucky, and Ooh. I loved it. It was probably one of the highlight. It was without a doubt the highlight of my collegiate experience. Low bar to reach. But it was definitely the, uh, the, the best part of, my, of being in college. And I met some great friendships and had wonderful times. And I loved being part of the service. But it's funny that the thing I remember most from it, much like you, or m- maybe not quite like you. If you're about like to say you. taco Tuesdays. Nope. Uh-huh. Sausage and gravy. So we had, okay. a, we had a guy that had gone through culinary school um, for, for a brief period of time while he was still a college student. And he had learned how to make, uh, you know, homemade biscuits and, you know, sausage gravy. And I had never had it before. And I found out that it's actually the greatest thing on the, fa- on the face of the earth. It's, and now when I go to places that offer sausage and gravy on biscuits, I will get it every time. And I will always remember back to my time at mm-hmm. Habitat for Humanity and how, mm-hmm. how meaningful it was for me and what a wonderful trip it was. So I'm, I am a big proponent of people. Much like what you were saying earlier, not necessarily young people, but young people at heart, um, having activities and opportunities like Mm -hmm. this. I mean, if you're a a 48-year-old man like me, there are things you can be doing where you get to go away and and stuff like that. I don't necessarily recommend you necessarily look for ones that involve children uh, (laughs) because, you know, we don't do that. But but the other stuff, I mean, look for these opportunities. You don't have to... don't feel like you've aged out just right. because you're you're no longer considered young church. But if you are young church, you definitely should look for opportunities like this because it's it really is it's great for your spiritual well well being, but it's really also great that you're partaking in things that will make that will educate you in ways that you wouldn't have been educated in any other way about what the world is really like. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, right. And in our backyards too. Yeah, you know? so close to home. I think, and yeah. I think that's the point that hits a lot of these guys really, really hard mm-hmm. is when they realize the need um, and and the suffering that is right here. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I remember one year, I forget who it was, came up to me after a service site and he was just heartbroken. Um, he's like, Jose, I'll never forget that. He's like, Jose, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, I could literally walk out my back door and this is right here. Right. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's not necessarily your fault. And in mainstream media and stuff like that, always we highlight other places, right? You never really highlight your own. Or you don't, you look farther away than your own backyard and I said sometimes we just got to take a look at like right outside the window and see what's going on that's such a good point I just read an article about you know service trips and how oftentimes I'd I'd say more in like the secular world they involve traveling overseas right and of course there's poverty you know Mm -hmm. the likes of which we don't see in this country but like you just said it is also in our backyard you don't need to travel across the hemisphere to, to see what Mm-hmm. Poverty really, really looks like yeah. it's all around us. In every county, you know, that's something I've noticed at Catholic Charities. It looks different in every county, right? They're, you know, tent communities of homeless people in, you know, the woods of Vineland yep. that you just mm-hmm. never thought sure would is. be there. In Atlantic City, you know, every every place is different, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah so but- how do you guys go about picking the location? I'm curious. So this year... So, it was virtual, but yeah. in previous years, you said you've kind of jumped around, right? Yeah, so, we, so we've, 
the office has managed to have a good networking with directors of different programs of nursing homes mm-hmm. um, some of the religious in our in our diocese so for instance like the CFR sisters at the Benedict House in Atlantic City that's just that's that's an obvious go-to um, or people here at the office that we connect with we do a beautification project of at one of our cemeteries so you know we we call the person at the office and say hey is there can we set this up and, and she meets us there um, so it's really just forming relationships or we'll be at one service site and there'll be a group that's volunteering there also and we feed off of each other like what are some other places you guys go to oh that's neat that you get to meet other groups too. so um so it's it's you know it's kind of just just having conversations and networking and then um reaching out calling these places and saying hey you know i have a group of young people that uh, every summer love to help and, and, and are willing to do whatever you, literally whatever you ask them to mm-hmm. do, any way they can help. Um, it's rare to find a place that say, eh, we don't need any help. Yeah. Like right. that's, mm-hmm. that's almost never happens. Um, this year was a little bit tougher because there was a lot of places where we just couldn't get into because uh, of the current situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of high risk, so nursing homes, for instance, right. just weren't happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of soup kitchens have not been working. So um, what we did this year was just kind of reach out to some parish ministries uh, and see if they were uh, working and what they were doing. And if, you know, can I have one or two young young adults, some of our junior advisors go out and give you guys a hand? And they were like, yeah, you know, no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And they did. And, and I think... Um, I think this year we were able to grasp the the essence of what is summer in the city. Granted, it's not it's never going to be what actually living it and doing mm-hmm. the work. It doesn't even come mm-hmm. close to two in comparison. But at least we were able to, to we're going to be able to see that, and we're yeah. going to be able to witness it and see what it looks like. And I think differently this year, um, getting to hear from the junior advisors that are actually doing the work and listening to them and how it made them feel is um, something new to yeah. Sermon City also. Because that, that virtual, you know, I, I had, actually Mary and I both had the opportunity to help you a little bit, and mm-hmm. Christina at one point. Um, so your virtual Summer in the City this year was pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually went out, and uh, John Kalitz and myself uh, and Mary went out to a, diff- a bunch of different events that you were holding where you had your junior advisor come out. And it, it was kind of, I got the impression that um, what we recorded was with the idea that um, to encourage people, even on their own in their own communities, that there right. was stuff for they can, that they can do. So what were the things that we recorded? So... Um we did go uh, our first our first recording the first video we did we went to Atlantic City like I mentioned with the uh, the CFR sisters um, and we were with the uh, Chip and Connor Wimberg uh, and they were there for their like the breakfast line so the sisters and volunteers there pack um, bags with breakfast goods trail mix bagel stuff like that. This is for and homeless populations yes, in Atlantic so, City. Yep, this okay. is for the homeless population in Atlantic City. They come, and not just homeless, actually, homeless and food people and, and people in yeah. need. Yeah. 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 So, um, so the boys did. You know, they they worked with the sisters, and that's one of our regular um, spots. Like that's 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 one of the 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 places we go to every year. Um, and the work varies there. Sometimes you're you're working with the uh, the homeless or and the vulnerable, or sometimes the sisters have you going through clues, separating clues, um, or they need a wall painted. So the, <laughs> the work there varies. You're either you know you're you're there. If you go to the Benedict House, you're going to work. Yeah. Um, but they're awesome. 
You think that flexibility is something that young people have, you know, whatever test oh, comes yeah. their way, do they mm-hmm. jump yeah. on it? No, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think it's a surprise for them, like, when in the morning when we, so that the, when the kids arrive at the beginning, we break them into families. Genuinely, usually try to do with people they don't know. So it's, ah, it's a whole new experience. Good idea. Mm-hmm. But when they get to the, when they know in the morning that they're going to the, the uh, Father Benedict house, it's a surprise. So like mm-hmm. if we say, okay, family, uh, I don't know, the Red Rockets, they get to pick their own names and they get to come mm-hmm. up with the whole thing. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So, all right, the Red Rockets, you guys are going to go to uh, the cemetery today. They're like, all right, we know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. like, no, surprise no surprise there. <laughs> but then it's like, all right, we're going to the Father Benedict house. And everyone's like, oh. I wonder what we're doing today. Like, I wonder. Uh, we would even start to, like, card. ask each other. Yeah. So, like, if a family went on Monday, if I knew my family's going on Tuesday, I'd ask the family, what'd you do today? And they'd be like, oh, we, like, gave out food to the homeless. And then I'd be like, oh, we're probably going to do that. And then we're scrubbing the pews <laughs> inside <laughs> of the Benedict House. And we're like, and we're fine with it, but we're like, this isn't what you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> so they're fun. The sister's really, like... <laughs> they hook it up at the Father yeah, Benedict yeah. House. They give these guys work, and I, and I think it's awesome. Um, so that was the one. That was one place. We, then we went gleaning. So we hooked up with Christina, uh, yes. yourself, and Catholic Charities um, to go gleaning in Salem County. Now, for those of you that don't necessarily know what gleaning is. Um, is that your notes? Yeah, he can't get his iPad to start up. No. Um, so basically, it's you're going out to the farms, and these farms have opened their their imaginary doors, right, to the to the volunteers, and it's basically picking up. Yeah, because what what farm doesn't have imaginary door? doors? Of right. Course. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to fire up your notes? I don't mind. I'll, I'll no. I can help so, you out with this so, one if you want. Well, <laughs> the, I mean, for people who are listening, gleaning comes from the Bible. Yeah. Right? Or it's referenced in the right. Bible anyway. It's, Leviticus. It's actually, that's right. I wonder where you learned that. That's a wise man once told me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's going to get, and if correct me if I'm wrong, Mary, but produce, um, so fruits and vegetables that are maybe left over for whatever reason, um, the group goes out there and they, they can go through those fruits and vegetables and pick out what's still good and what can be given to um, bro- our brothers and sisters that may not have access to fresh fruits and vegetables for, for any number of reasons, right? Right. It, yeah. Um, Essentially. You know, produce that hasn't already been commercially harvested, it's, it's there, it's a surplus, and it's just a matter of leaning you know going through i mean huge huge buckets and baskets and you know figuring out okay what can be salvaged what can be used and there's plenty of great fruits and vegetables that are still Mm -hmm. good and people can still use Mm -hmm. it's just having you know the hands the people the manpower to sort through it all and you know those fresh produce especially especially in salem county where gleaning always takes place like that's a gold mine for people you know it's expensive at grocery stores it's you know it's it's in high demand um and you know there's a reason i mean gleaning and for everyone who's wondering it's g-l-e-a-n-i-n-g um gleaning is something that every you know it's an ancient tradition and more than tradition it was a law in in Mm -hmm. ancient times uh where you had to reserve 10% of your crops to be picked by the poor and needy in the community. And the key was, it wasn't charity. Mm -hmm. It was, as a landowner, 
uh, you had a responsibility to care for the community. And the community had a responsibility to take it upon itself to go into the fields and, and actually remove, in this case, produce um, for themselves. And because they had to do it themselves, it isn't considered charity. It's it's considered good works. Mm-hmm. So the farmer is making the, making it available, which is a sign of good works. And the, the, those who are in need are being industrious on their own and taking care of themselves and their families by by doing it. And it's a it's a beautiful old tradition. It's, I I'm didn't glad know that, that it, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at you filled with the fun facts. Well, I had to look some stuff up for Jose <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, great but team. all those themes of Catholic social teaching just intertwining. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's just so much good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. it really it, it's a lovely thing. And and um, you know when I found out that the diocese did it when when Mary first started reporting on it a, a few years ago. You know, because I grew up in that farmland of Salem County, and I don't remember anything about gleaning. My grandfather had farms. His father had farms. Um, I'm sure they did it because they were good Christian people, not Catholics. Not perfect, but um, <laughs> they, they, were good, they were good Protestants. And um, I, knowing them, they probably did do stuff like that. But I love the fact that it still exists. Yeah. In, yeah. And you guys went to a couple of farms, right? Oh, yeah. There yeah. was about more than... Four or five different locations. Yeah. And it reminds me, like you said, you don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, kinda... the young adults who joined Aaron and Yen, Yen mm-hmm. they were wonderful. Yeah. You know, they just showed up. I didn't even know what farm we were going to next. Yeah. But, you know, we had a trail of cars and a truck somewhere. And you just follow the person in front of you. And you end up on this dusty dirt road in the middle of Salem with no reception. Yeah, no. And then you're put to work. Yeah. But they just went with <laughs> they it. They did do great work despite having Mary distract them a bit with the tomatoes that were maybe just not oh, not good for picking. That was oh, John Kalitz, by the so way. So Mary was like <laughs> harassing us. Yeah, just... I can't even begin to list the inaccuracies. I, I was busy that day and I was getting text messages left and right with funny videos and funny photos of people <laughs> definitely embracing young church and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. youthful joy that comes with it. Um, but, uh, but no, see, I love hearing stuff like that. And I, I love the fact that it's offered through Catholic Charities and Christina Chillum, who... Oh, she's uh, great helped run that you know she's she's recorded as part of that video and she goes into great detail about gleaning and and the importance of it um but you know it's it's these little opportunities you know going back to something you said earlier that we we never realize or are near us and you know we we live in a state that's you know it's the garden state um and i think it's important that you know you realize that there are these opportunities and these needs literally in your backyard mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. um you know when i worked for nonprofits um prior to coming to the diocese uh we ran a lot of homeless shelters and i was stunned to find that there was a homeless shelter in my very suburban town mm. um that i never knew was there because I grew up in South Jersey, it's surrounded in trees. It was literally in this forest area down this long dirt path, <laughs> and there would be this homeless shelter. And it's the prettiest homeless shelter you've ever wow. seen in your life. Like, it would be a retreat encampment in any right. other format, but here it is, someplace for, uh, they, they service particularly young mothers, uh, single mothers, and intact families. And they had, mm. it was broken up into three different things, but it's the most bucolic place you've ever been to. I actually asked <laughs> when I was still hunting i asked if i could hunt there and they were like uh yeah sure like just, just actual be- hunting yeah, like of animals bow and at- this. Well, what are you gonna i don't know what hunting for <laughs> jobs i don't know <laughs> what you meant by that yeah, well, no. i was still hunting i didn't no, know you were wow okay yeah didn't that, know that about uh, you uh, uh, venison is delicious mm-hmm. and uh, is. i encourage everyone to get their own wow, if they're, they're like comfortable the with it yes the baker the uh nobody break into my home the uh, <laughs> the, uh <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh! The uh, but it, but it is it's these great opportunities that we have. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I so my son is twelve, and even in we were talking about it, this from a spiritual perspective, but even in a secular way, yeah, you know, I really try to make sure that my son is getting opportunities. You know, I, we are very much middle class in our household, and because of that, you know, you oftentimes are separated from how things are created. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I make sure that not only does he watch a lot of educational stuff, you know, like, so we were, there's a TV show I love called Dirty Jobs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's all about how the economy of the United States is really the foundation of it is how all these things that most of us take for granted, whether it's, you know, Anything on that show, everything. like yeah. naming anything, yeah. things so, you wouldn't even guess. Cleaning out of sewer systems, or how who hauls your garbage, or you know, or how is electrical power get, get to your home? I mean, it's all real people. Oftentimes, people without college degrees who who know you know these systems inside and out, and they learn through an apprentice program, and they are very much essential workers yep. mm-hmm. that we just don't get an opportunity right. to. to to be around, so I, you know, I like to. We all need to be educated Exposure's in the real important. world, you know. Right. So, and that's I'm why curi- I love oh, Summer sorry. City so much. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to finish that sentence. No, I'm, I'm just curious, and I guess this is a question for um, both of you, Christine and Jose. But I've been a part of some of this service projects when I was younger, um, kind of more on the secular end, and a lot of them, you know, it, you walk away and the theme kind of in the secular world is we were helping people we were doing it for people mm-hmm. um like what 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 do you want people to get out of it you know is it something more than just you don't want to swoop in and kind of just be the saviors you know doing st- it's mm-hmm. I, I i kind of felt that that vibe in some of the projects right. i've done again more secular but it's kind of like yep we went in and you know it, it's it's almost like well it doesn't make us heroes you know there wasn't really a sense of humility right that seemed to come with it so I'm just curious you know I'll what share, your thoughts are on that I'll share with what the hope is and then maybe you can tell us actually what you like what you got mm-hmm. or what how you felt but the hope f- for us for them when they come to summer in the city and they and they it's it's not to have that that's that sense of entitlement like mm-hmm. I came to help you right right, right. it's to it's, it's several things, right? The We highlight to make sure that you see Christ right. in the people that you're serving, okay? We want them to have an encounter with, with these people, get to know their names. If they want to share their stories, listen to their stories. Um, don't walk in front of them, but walk with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and put yourself in that in their position. What if it was you? Right. How would you want to be treated? Would you want to be treated you know, or... or you know, helped by someone who's like, I'm here to help you and you need mm-hmm. to take the help. Or mm-hmm. do you want to be um, felt loved and cared for? So we, we, we emphasize that during the week to make sure that um, you love the people that you're going to meet and right. talk to them, listen to them. And, and uh, you know, they they get talked to often. Right. right. You're in a situation because of this, this, that. Okay, that's not that's not what you're here to do talk with them so there's that um the second thing is i think it's it's for them to grow in their faith Mm -hmm. let it be a tool of spiritual growth um a a spirit of gratitude a a spirit of giving a spirit of understanding um 
the constant prayer for the for participants during the week um, should be just an invocation of the Holy Spirit to fill them with with those gifts of wisdom and understanding and fortitude and patience so that they can really serve the people that they're going to meet. Um, and lastly, it's community. Understanding that everybody in that space, everybody that you're meeting is part of your local church. Right. Granted, some of us might be at one parish, which is down by the shore, and other of us, others up here by Cherry Hill, you know, up here by the cathedral, but it's still the Church of Camden. Mm-hmm. So when you get to see those other people and you realize we are the church, not, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, oh, we're the church five or ten years down the road. No, we are church now, and this is what the Church of Camden looks like. Yeah. Uh, and when they, they see that and, and that thought process triggers and they start to work together, um, part of the week is planning on how can we do things at home and how can we be better at home. Um, I love the conversations that say, well, maybe our parishes can get together and do something. That's great. So, so like, it doesn't just yeah, end after no, a week. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, so. you end there, that's you the take hope. it home. That's, that's the so hope from the office. Like when I see them, <laughs> that that's was what's going on in my said. head. I'm yeah. like, I hope they are grasping this. Now, Christina, please tell me what is actually happening. I would, I- <laughs> It's true, Christina. <laughs> I would say we do take that away. I would say, like you said, summer in the city is very different than secular, just community service. Mm-hmm. You don't just go and help and do your part for the community. I feel like you're really, we're being the hands and feet of Christ. We mm. really are, and we're not just serving these people, but we're listening to these people. Like Jose said, they've told us after we serve at a soup kitchen, sit down with them. Mm. Sit in between the participants and listen to what they are saying. Where are they from? What's their story? Not all of them are homeless, like we said. Some of them just need a meal. And we wouldn't know that if we don't sit down with them. The folks at the nursing home, sometimes we're the only visitors they get that entire year and they're excited to see us because we go back to the same nursing homes and they're like oh you guys are back you have different color shirts this year (laughs) oh my gosh that's a riot (laughs) yeah we're like doing their activities with them so that i feel like makes the difference because we're not just doing the work and leaving we're building community like jose said we're meeting these people we're learning their stories and we're learning each other's stories Mm -hmm. we're as while we're all young church we're all on different walks of our faith we all go to different schools we're different ages we have different things we take away from the week but i think like talking to each other and seeing where we're all at uh really makes a difference and it's not just community service right and I love that distinction and that's one of my favorite parts about the church you know Mm -hmm. everything you guys just described it's not just we're doing it for them everything you mentioned you know that's what makes the Catholic Church stand out in my in my opinion especially with young people yeah you know I was just having a conversation with some folks in my office this morning about you know how the authenticity of our Catholic faith is what drives a lot of people to stay in the church, you know, that that they can actually see and touch and be a part of um, our Catholic faith, which, you know, I've always thought kind of goes back to, you know, literally the time of Christ when, when Christ was very much amongst the people mm-hmm. and he was very much, you know, with his disciples, but with the people and, and he wasn't 
you know, <laughs> look, you know, he would go from town to town. He would move and move and move. And, you know, that sense of, you know, we refer to it now as missionary discipleship right. in the church, but, but it's really being a part of a very secular world as Christian people. Um, and I think it's something that's, that's maybe misunderstood, you know, from people, you know, I think a lot of times we, we get this impression that our faith only resides in the four walls of our That's what I was gonna say. of our yeah. church. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that is that I, I was too yeah. limiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, get me wrong. And you know, yes, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith and, and, mm-hmm. and the the church is our home, but it's it's one room in our home. Yeah. You know? I think the the best way to chalk that up is I think so many Catholics um try to take the approach of trying to make sure that the secular world doesn't enter the church, right? It doesn't doesn't break through that barrier. We can't have the secular church or the secular world in the church, mm. but we don't concern ourselves enough with bringing the church into the secular world. Mm-hmm. Oh, so see. that's interesting. Yeah, we're, we're, we're comfortable. We find ourselves complacent being okay with showing up on Sundays and sitting in our pew, the same pew every week mm. even when you showed up after the pandemic and father taped off that pew and you moved the tape because that's your pew <laughs> <laughs> he said father you got to rearrange this because you taped off my pew oh my goodness um, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's I, and, and that's what that's what i love about our young church that's what i love about our young people is that they're so willing to pick their pew up right in quotation marks i saw you guys saw that right quotation marks <laughs> um, they pick their pews up and they put them out into the world and right. they say that I am, I am so in love with my faith and I am so in love with what it stands for that I don't need to be complacent with just showing up on Sunday. I'm going to bring this to you. Um, and I think that, I mean, they personify what uh, Pope Francis uh, said one, at one point where he's like, I, he was talking to the pastors, he was talking to his priests, I need you guys to smell like sheep. Yeah. Mm. And... Um, a lot of may have took it like, all right, well, we need to go roll around in a barn. No, get out, be with your people. Yeah. Right. So to the peripheries. Yeah, that's my favorite. And it's it's uh, and it's a tricky thing. You know, this is a strange world we live in, and and I, I think the Catholic faith has been attacked a lot over the last yeah. twenty years or so, in particular. Um, but you know, the way we 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 fight off those attacks is by you know turning them into glancing blows by by being out there and doing good work and you know doing it doing it in a way that showcases well this is what real Christianity looks like and and I'm not putting good works ahead of good words and I, I think that they work hand in hand, hand, hand. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there are Catholics who fall into those camps and that's fine I mean if you're someone who finds your prayer life to be the most rewarding part of your spirituality shoot I'm not gonna argue with that I think that's right. wonderful I wish my prayer life was better um, every day I wish my prayer life was better <laughs> I started this podcast by asking um, um, Jose to say a prayer and uh, Mary looked dumbfounded she's like I've been doing these podcasts for years you've never did that once and I'm like I know well, I'm doing, trying to be better at it oh, well now I feel bad you I'm should sorry. I thought you, you were just you messing should. with him no, and you know no, putting him on the spot he said his prayer was too long though so yeah, yeah, and then you continued wow. to bash his prayer mic so <laughs> I also, she told you to think about what you were going to say before you said it <laughs> that is true the, uh, but seriously people we're about to record a podcast keep it brief the, uh, oh my goodness the, uh, 
yeah, but it is. But it's true though. So, so there's our spiritual lives, and then there's the good works. And I think for most Catholics, having some sort of a balance between the two would be really beneficial. Yeah, right. um, especially know. for young people. That's what energizes them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, harnessing that energy, sending them out there. <laughs> I have to give my wife a lot of credit. You know, during these uh, during these COVID times, she sort of organized a group of parishioners and um, parents from our parish and our school that my son goes to and every Tuesday all the kids I'd say probably 9 to 12 kids uh, 7th graders and around that age all go to the local parish and have been doing uh, clean outs of all the awesome. you know That's foliage awesome. and stuff like that and it's been one and little little projects and uh, the Franciscan sisters have a convent <laughs> near there so uh, the sisters much like the CFRs down in uh, Atlantic City inquired as to if the kids could do a little project some, some projects at the, at the convent and they were like, yeah, of course, sister, we'd be happy to do it's that. never a little project. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say no to any you of it. Can't say no. Seventh graders almost never get it right, so all the moms had to go after they were yeah. done and fix everything oh, that they had did. funny. But, uh, but I love that kind of stuff. And I remember doing that when I was a kid, and I think that, you know, going back to something you, you've talked about, uh, Jose, is I think we fall out of that after mm-hmm. a while. We kind of get, we get busy and we get older, and those things kind of fall to the wayside. And I think we have to try harder to do these good things because the truth of the matter is everything that the summer in the city kids do um is so well received by the people they're supporting it's so good there's like no downside to it it's good for the people Mm -hmm. who are receiving the help it's good for the for the students themselves it's good for the diocese in general and the parishes in general who are getting back these wonderful human beings who have have tried so hard to to make a positive difference in the world even for just a week mm-hmm. you know even if they have to, if they get out of this it's always at the end of the summer a lot of them are going to high school and college soon thereafter so they're going to be very busy with all of their other stuff but for one week during that summer they had a very spiritual five days or seven days five, five. days five yeah. days right you know and they take it with and them. it comes from them that's the part that like amazes me the most is it comes from them no one said, okay, you need to go do this, or this is a requirement for this, this, that, and the third. You didn't have to badger anybody no, yeah, into doing like, it. <laughs> it, is, it is strange. You know, we've done, we've had a, a lot of the kids on the podcast before. I think we've done two other Summer in the Cities, mm-hmm. and um, you, we've always had sort of like had them around a big table like this, and we just have a conversation with them, and what amazes me is, A, how all their stories are a little different. They all take something else mm-hmm. out of it, or something different out of it, um, but how enthusiastic they are. I mean, like Christina, I mean, everything that's been out of every time Chris, Christina's opened her mouth so far, first of all, I've been looking at the monitor. She's blown out the microphone like six times. <laughs> Because she's so excited about it, but she's so enthusiastic about yeah. it. I absolutely love those things. Yeah, I bet you she's disappointed she didn't go to gleaning this year. Are you disappointed you didn't get to clean? A little bit. Yeah, so she's <laughs> disappointed she didn't get to clean. Next year. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Apparently there was some tomato throwing that she didn't get the chance to participate yeah. in. Oh, yeah, Mary John Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> I did not instigate there. That was all you guys. But I see they keep you young, Jose. Oh, young. <laughs> You're still young, but <laughs> mentally, and and I give. I, you have to shout out Greg because he's still, yeah. although his he's his not present like physically among us, his his joyfulness mm-hmm. and that spirit that is Greg just lives with us. Did it's we say true. Greg's last name at all? Coogan, Mister Coogan, Coogan, Coogan. But like the the excitement that I get and the way that like I get prepared for what is summer in the city is. 
it's so much a mental, physical, and spiritual like preparation because at the end of it, as an adult, you're just like, oh, that took every ounce of everything that I have. And you're just, but it's that like, that good feeling of just exhaustion. Like it's right. Like you're exhausted for all the right reasons. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like this it's not like the same exhausted Mike and I get when we use the steps instead of the elevator. <laughs> it's that a is different true. type of exhaustion. <laughs> a joyful exhaustion. Yeah. Not like a, <laughs> the elevator's not running. Yeah. So, you know, in the short time we have left, now it's a good thing that I guess this year it's it's a virtual one because mm-hmm. you're you're you will not have expended nearly as much since you now have to plan for a wedding. So congratulations. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be the one to bring you this up, been Mike. Faster than <laughs> <all>. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little about it, Jose. Your uh, girlfriend of 16 years? Tw- 11 years? 11, okay. Where did you Close. get 16? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, right. Love uh, her. We all, love. No, we all love so, her. Uh, so for those of anybody who doesn't know, uh, living under a rock, but <laughs> Star and I have been together for 11 years. So Star is one of the, uh, or the host of Keeping It Catholic, one of the shows um the talking catholic youtube channel talking catholic yeah. youtube channels and you're going to join her as you, her co-host this uh, year yes i will be joining her i'm just beaming from numbers. year to year <laughs> <laughs> me too uh, <laughs> um uh a lot of us all you know a lot of well a lot of uh, the church met star for the first time with the convocation um where i in my humble opinion and this is not i mean not biased at all but i thought she she rocked it she sure she, did she, she, yep. she handled that panel very very well um but that was like the first time that a lot of people got to see that side of her and that's just the, that was the side of her that i fell in love with uh 100 years ago so <laughs> uh we finally both are in a place in our lives where we were both ready to take this next step um not because there was any like love loss or it was like, oh, are we going to actually be together for the rest of our lives? But we just wanted to make mature adult decisions. And uh, I think now was the best time um, to do it. So, yeah. So we got engaged on her birthday. And a oh, way to steal the thunder from her birthday, man. What the hell? Oh, yeah. That wasn't important. Nobody celebrated. <laughs> You stop celebrating your birthday after 21. Like, you know I, mean? I know. So, Each year I'm like, make it stop. So, um, so no. So we had a small intimate dinner. Her parents, my parents, uh, my sister was there, uh, her best friend, Ashley. And it was funny because we were having, we were getting ready to have dinner. So uh, I, for whatever reason, I, I'm usually the one that has to, to do the prayer of Thanksgiving for the food. But I took the opportunity, like, I invited everyone around the table to kind of just... Did they all know? Give Yes. Okay. So everybody okay. knew but her. Um, uh, and it was like, all right, so since we're in the prayer of Thanksgiving, let's, you know, what are you guys, what are some reasons why you're thankful for Star? Um, <laughs> and it started. And, like, Ashley went first and could barely get two sentences out without crying. And I'm like, oh, oh God, how am I going to follow this up? <laughs> so I went last, and I was like, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for everything they said. I, I had must have thought about it like all week of what I was going to say. And in that moment, you just it, you completely yeah. draw a blank. So I was just like, I need to ask you something. And she was like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can just I, like, yeah. I kind of just I dropped my head. I was like, you can't say no until I ask. Like, at least let me ask first. Um, 
but then yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was funny. The was... video is hysterical. I she turns into a video. A... Oh, there is a video. <gasps> I didn't she send turned, it to you. She's no. turned into a model. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's outstanding. Oh. Yeah, he sent it to me. He must like me better. Well, um, <laughs> wow, because anyway. of tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as we as we wrap up, you know, we wish you nothing but the best. You and Star, Thank we you. can't wait to have Star back. Congratulations, guys. In, your show so is going to be starting up in uh, September, so mm -hmm. we know that's going to be great too. Uh, Christina, thank you very much yes, for joining us you. today. Yeah, of course. It, was, it was a pleasure. It was great meeting you the other day. And mm -hmm. please keep Jose on his toes. Try uh, like, him in line. <laughs> looks like you might get lazy at some point. And Mary, thank you very much for joining us and keeping oh, Jose no. on his toes with all those tomatoes. It has been <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> well, no, I don't. <laughs> there it is. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you very much. And we'll be back again next week.